Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with Ollie, Jimmy and me, Jake. In this episode, we're going to discuss yesterday's home win, answer some listener questions and we're going to look ahead to Tuesday night's game, well, Tuesday night's Lancashire derby against Rovers. Enjoy! How are we, fellas? Are we good? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Good. Yep. Good. good. Good to be uh, back on the winning streak. Well, it's just good to be one. back, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually it's been two weeks, hasn't it? Mm. Forget. Nice, nice to have had a little break. Yeah, I need a, need a bit of a break from it, me. And for, well, not fortunately, but it's just good to be back on the podcast without a wave of negativity on social media. Mm, very quiet on there last night, weren't it? Yeah, it was. Um, Strange. It's been, so social media on a wider scale has been full of one particular story today, but we'll come on to that in a bit. Before we get properly started, don't forget that you can support us here at From the Finney. Uh, you can just make a one-off donation by visiting supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney. Uh, it goes towards the running costs of the website and the podcast, so that massively helps out. If you've got uh, anything that you'd like plug in, if you're a small business or anything like that, leave your contact details and a message in the in the message section when you're making the donation, and we'll get in touch and sort something out. Yeah, as we just mentioned, first home win of the season in the league. Fully deserves as well, in my opinion. After we'd, well, after that first sort of fifteen minutes when they've had, you know, a clear cut opportunity with reach from the corner, and um, don't know what our marking was was about from the corner. Um, I know we like to be zonal, but it, it, you could just—I think everyone could see it reaches run. It, it started on the edge of the eighteen-yard box, and it—it it was a clever setup, really. You know, making sure that debt was isolated and. Yeah, he probably should have scored in a way, but after that and the red card, as soon as the red card happened, I think it was only one team in it and it was a fully deserved victory for me. Yeah, I think that reach chance was a 0.48 mm. uh, XG. It was a massive chance though, when you look at it. Do you think, do you think, think it was Fisher that should have been picking him up? No, that's just a risk you take, isn't it, when you go zonal? Yeah. So it, to get the ball to land where it did was an incredible corner kick, to be honest. But yeah, like Jimmy said, fully deserved. I don't know what wanted. In the second half, we had 78% possession, possession in the second half, 350 passes. I think they made about 60 or 70. They had one shot in the second half, which was that shot that they skewed wide. Never threatened us, did they? No. Control, controlled the game, clean sheet, home win into the top half. I think for, for me, I just felt it was just a bit of a lacklustre performance. But as you both pointed out to me, and rightly so after the game, what what more do we need to do, really? Um, yeah, but when you see say the game out and control it, and, when you say lackluster, when you say lackluster, though, I don't know what that really means. Like, you, well, you're we, we didn't, against... we didn't, before the goal, we didn't really trouble them much. We didn't create much. First uh, half was poor. Yeah, first half was poor. And and I think that's probably weighed heavy on my mind post the game. But like I said, as you two rightly pointed out to me, what what more do we need to do? There won't, there won't be many we've got halves. the goal. We've scored what three minutes into the second half. Yeah, they're down to ten men. All, all, all we need to do there is see the game out, and that's exactly what we've done. Yeah, there won't be many halves this season when we have seventy-eight percent percent of the ball. No, and I thought Gally came on and controlled it really well for us. 
he's he's done well. He's done that really well so far this season. I think he's he's played in in sort of little spells, hasn't he? And hmm. he, he's he's impacted the game. Yeah, he might not have got assists to his name, but he's created chances. Yeah, perfect game for him to come on. Really, to come into. Yeah, it it, it wasn't a game for Potts, was it yesterday? No, yeah. it was the right subs, right yeah. subs at the right time for me. I mean, Stockley's not really had much of an effect on the game, but. You know, he's probably got himself in the right area for the goal when it's happened. Obviously, done what he needed to do with Westwood. Obviously, a keeper coming in out of the call after a year. You know, I'd probably expect a lot of keepers to catch that rather than go for the punch. But, you know, he's, he's put himself about. Not really had very touches, but none of our forwards did yesterday. I mean, Emil's only had 22 touches. Maguire, 19. Jaden, 7. In terms of touches from the forward three. Um, it's because, for me, they sat so deep. You know, let us have the ball in our first two lines of play so much, yeah, to sort of limit us to be able to get to that into that final, you know, behind them. And I thought we were great yesterday. I, you know, people have said like it was slow, pedestrian. You know, we've not scored three or four because they've been out to ten men for seventy-five minutes. Not being funny, but football's not always about that. You know, you could score eight goals, yeah. still only get three points. Jimmy, uh, it were, they were playing five-three-one when they went down to ten men. It. it the only difference between that and five three two is they got one less striker. They got the same amount of defenders and midfielders, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And defended it was, as deep. So for me, it was damage limitation from them yesterday. As soon as yeah. they went down to it was a typical Tony Pulis tactic. You know, let's try not to lose the game. And as soon as it went to one nil, it was let's try not to concede another one. Mm. You know, and if we can do, try and do us on the break or try and create a chance out of nothing, then they'd be quite happy to do that. Um, you know, that's why they let us have the ball. I think it was like I say, it's a perfect game for Galli and Ledson to be fair yesterday. Ledson's had over hundred touches of the ball yesterday. I think he's made is it eighty-five passes. So it's a perfect game for them too because they've got the time and space to be able to pick passes out. I thought Ledson did all right before they the sending off actually. He was penetrating lines and I think he, he's getting better as well, which is the scary thing for me. We've got a real good we've got real good prospects in my hands with him. Can't beat that drum enough. Yeah. But I think it's um, it was one of them games where as soon as we got the goal, we managed it really well after that. Kept the ball really well, kept it smartly as well. You know, you don't have to go for you don't have to go for a second or a third when when you're in control of the game. You know, if you keep it all the ball, you're making them, you know, use their energy and mm. you know, sap, sap, you know, putting themselves about and, and sapping their energy resources whilst we're keeping all the ball and. Yeah, it'd be nice to score two or three, but you don't need to. End of yeah. the day, I'm not not that interested in the amount of touches that your strikers have. When all all of our play was overloads in the wide areas, thought thought played some really good stuff, especially Fisher, Johnson, Pearson, Gallagher, Maguire getting involved. Thought we saw quite a lot of that kind of interplay last season. Little quick two touch football in wide areas, and then switch it to the isolated side. I thought we did that quite well, and it was a great finish, by the way, for a goal. Yeah. yeah, very good. Not not he's very jokes, much. He? He's jokes, yeah. he, he usually shins him. Yeah. So um Honestly yeah. he's when he's a one touch finisher, he's he's had some unbelievable one touch finishes for us. And yeah, I think it was good good to get him a goal because he's had a bit of a stop start season, hasn't he, so far? Yeah, he got one but, in the cup, I think, didn't he, early on? But... Got got the unbelievable goal. Oh um, in fact he got two, he got one against Derby, one against Mansfield. Mans- Mansfield, yeah. Yeah. And I thought Maguire looked quite sharp when he came on. Obviously Jimmy mentioned 19 touches or whatever but I thought he just looked quite sharp as well so good, he's, he's a bit good. more suited to playing at home isn't he Maguire than Potts is yeah Potts really hasn't 
hit the ground running at deep dell. He's 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 a perfect away game player where you've got to sort of bank in, you know, yeah. especially on the left. You know, if it's if it's Rafferty and, and Potts on the left, at least you know you're doubling up on a player. But yeah, like sixty percent pass accuracy yesterday, Potts. He just couldn't he, get going. I felt for him because he it, it, it was just having one of them games where his touch were letting him down, then his passing were letting, it's like nothing were going right for him. It's is it's very much horses for courses, isn't it? And he's just not that kind of player. He, he thrives he thrives driving into space. Um, I think just on Ledson as well. You mentioned that he's improving, Jimmy. I think there's been a lot of talk about how he's not a direct Pearson replacement, and he isn't. But he's one he's won the sixth most tackles in the championship this season. So it's showing that as well as the what we've seen from him in the last few games with his his sort of dis- defense splitting passes, he's he's also he, he's very good at the other side of it as well. Yeah, he got another four tackles yesterday, two interceptions, but he's box to box. That's what you expect from a box to box player. Yeah, it's not it's not like he's sitting deep as a as a as a six or a four sort of d- defensive midfielder. He's probably winning a lot of these tackles and interceptions high up the pitch. Yeah, Ben Pearson doesn't make many tackles because. He, he reads the play so well. That's one thing Ledson will improve a lot on. Ledson doesn't really screen the space as well as he should do, but he's not that kind of player. They're very different players. Um, yeah, I think if we saw Ledson as more of an Alan Brown type of player, I don't even like it when people mention Pearson and Ledson in the same in the same category because they're just very different players. And I thought when Pearson came on yesterday, you saw how different they are because Pearson's a complete first-phase player, so different to Ledson. Showed what we've so been missing good. yesterday, didn't he? Honestly, I know we said it in our group, but he's so good. I mean, yeah. he's been on so, for what twenty minutes, made twenty-four passes out of twenty-four, hundred percent pass accuracy. He's just—he was everywhere as well because he was—he just drove us forward as well. So he'd link it up in the first line, and then next minute he's—he's he's got behind that second line and he's trying to link it up to get. I think DJ's chance has come from Pearson's movement and his flick, his little flicks and. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so good. He's, honestly, he's just his sharp movement on the blind side of the first line of press. Someone said on Twitter that you can't say he was that good because he was against ten men, but you can just see when someone's quality like that. So he was just—he's just a joy to watch, Ginny Van Pearson. And I think yeah. that's pro- probably played six games without him, and he's the best defensive midfielder in the league. And that's just kind of gone under, under the carpet a bit, hasn't it? That. Mm. Yeah, I think part in part because Ledson stepped up and, and done but, so but, well. But but they're not. But but that's a silly point because they're nothing alike. I'm no. I'm not saying they're alike. I'm just saying the fact that one midfielder has stepped up and done so well is maybe distracted from the fact that we're, what we're missing in Pearson not being in the team. It's not me comparing them. Yeah, he's. he's I think Emil Reese so has Emil Reese has done well since Ben Pearson's been out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we still miss Ben Pearson. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying we haven't missed Ben Pearson. Anyway, it's red both card. the Bens as well. Both the Bens we've missed oh, as well. Let's first be honest, half, Ben Davis oh, we're massively missing. First half yesterday, Paul Huntington was probably the deepest uh, heat map you'll see of a centre-back all season. I couldn't believe it. Off, it. I thought, I thought it was a glitch when I saw it and then I realised it was Paul Huntington. <laughs> no, but people will say in the first half... People will wonder why we were so poor. Paul Huntington's in the middle of his own half against a 5-3-1. Callum Patterson's the only person near him. And he's that deep. It means Ledson and DJ have to come so deep to, pick to up come the and ball. get the ball off, off his feet. 
they should be in the second line receiving the ball. We had no one in the second line receiving the ball. It was only Sinclair and Potts, you know, yeah. able to... And that that's two against sort of six, seven, eight players. And it just made it impossible for us to progress the ball. I thought his tactical change at halftime was fantastic, by the way. Taking off a left-back who hates the ball and bringing on a striker instead of him and just going with an asymmetric shape. And that's not really got much credit after the game. I think it's, it's very clever what he did. Yeah. The way that Ledson or Galley just dropped in as a, as a fake left back because it wasn't needed. You know, everyone said I went to three at the back. Well, yeah, we sort of did, but Fish is still playing as a right back. Yeah. You know, Fish has had Fish has had 114 touches yesterday. Yeah. I mean, bloody hell. You know, that's that's a lot of touches for a player to have in our team. You know, but 52% of our attacks came down the right side yesterday. So even though he's playing as a right a right sided, uh, he's playing as a right back. What am I he was a about? right back. He's playing as a right back. We just had you know, no left back. Yeah, it's just like he's left a gap there. It's just really clever. And manager deserves a bit of credit for that yesterday because he's um, he's made sure to win as well. You know, really good game management by the lads yesterday. I thought last 20 minutes, you could really tell we had our best players on the pitch. Best best footballers. Daniel Johnson, Ben Pearson, Paul Gallagher, Darnell Fisher, Sinclair. I think they just kept the ball really well. well you, you just mentioned Ben Davis. Um, obviously, we've heard that he's been back out on the training pitch and, and and whatnot for the last couple of weeks. Why do you think he was missing? Why do you think I... he was missing? <laughs> Not the foggiest. I I think. Um... Do you think he Do you think he is ready? Yeah, I think yeah. he might. I think he's probably expected Wednesday to go very direct yesterday with eleven men. You know, go two strikers, very direct. And you probably stick with Hunts um, and Bauer and then bring in Ben Davis on Tuesday night. I think he'll play on Tuesday against a very against a very quick front three, by the way. I think he's got to play. If he's fit, he's got to play Wednesday or Tuesday night. It's no, no brainer. I think you. I think you will come in. Um, I think both Bens will start. And obviously, who knows about um, Fisher, but if both Bens start and Fisher starts, then that's a completely different team to the team that started at Rotherham. Yeah. Yeah. The whisper we got we heard last week, weren't it, that Pearson was aiming for the Rovers game. And if he got anything on Saturday, it was a bonus. So he's got 20 minutes under his belt. I think I think Pearson comes straight in on, on Tuesday night, personally. Yeah, You've got, you, you can't not play Ben Pearson in a derby who, game. Who, <laughs> you if, can't not, can you? So do you go, do you go Johnson, Ledson, Pearson, midfield three? Yeah. Is, is Brown back for Tuesday night, by the way? I suppose we'll find out at 6.45 on Tuesday. Well, yeah. I don't think there'll be any word about that before. But the conundrum is, when Brown's back available, Ledson, Brown, DJ, Pearson, Pearson. and Potts as well, by the way, who starts pretty much every game. That There's some serious dilemmas there because, you know, we know he doesn't like uh, Alan Brown to be on the bench. So, decent options. And I thought there was a, quite, there was a little bit of people saying, oh... Just our luck when Brown got COVID. As long as he's healthy and all that, that's um that's one of the best things that could have happened. Yeah. Good rest yeah. for him, isn't it? Because yesterday was never going to be a game that Alan Brown would thrive in. Um, and he's probably played 12, 13, 14 games already. Get a little rest out of him. Who knows if he's back on Tuesday, but if not, then got a couple of tough games after that. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing about Tuesday, isn't it? It's, um, if you win Tuesday night, I, I think I put it on today that the Watford and the Bournemouth game sort of become free hits then for me 
because you're playing two teams in the top sort of four or five, just coming off the Premier League. Don't mind mm. if you can get points in them two games, it's great, but they become free freebies and then you go into a Wickham game. So, yeah. you know, I think it's as we all know, it's gonna be frantic, it's gonna be intense these next eight games um, over the next four weeks, but just if we can get on the crest of a wave and get a bit of momentum going, then absolutely. I think you said it in, it. The, in the last podcast, Jim, that we we last went into an international break on the back of a defeat and came out of it winning the game immediately after it and then went on something like an eight and nine game unbeaten run. It was nine games. Um, it's the only other time we've been beat going into an international break. Does so. that mean we'll go nine unbeaten now, Jake? Knew you'd say that. <laughs> it, it just means no. That's not what. Off. That's not what I'm saying at all. What does it mean then? That it, it means nothing. But I'm just saying the last time that we we did that, that's what happened. I personally think it helps the fact. I know this sounds really strange, but we've actually been beat for once before an international break. So Alex Neil's now because when you've won a game, then you've got two weeks off. You probably don't. You don't take a foot off you off the gas, but. You're probably thinking, oh, it's right, we've got a win under our belts. And, you know, Alex Neal's had two weeks on the back of a defeat, you know, the raging little Scottish pit bull that he is, to, you know, think about a defeat for two weeks will make him mad. And I think that was a great performance yesterday. I know people have said, like, they didn't play well or they were pedestrian, but it was a bloody good performance. Yeah. You know, no. they, did, they did what they had to do to win a football match mm. at home, which they've not done all season. What, yeah. what more do we want? We're not. Let's not put. We don't need to put four past them because end of the day, if you start attacking and you start trying to make create chances and, and creating our space for Chef Wednesday to come into, and they get a goal and they get an equaliser in the 89th minute, then we're all thinking, oh, why have we gone for it? Why have we not? Why have not managed the game? Yeah. Just use your brains. That's, we, that's all it is. We controlled. Right. We controlled the game. We got Ben Pearson back on the pitch. We won. We're in the top half. I don't understand any negativity towards that yesterday. And he made a very interesting tactical change as well. Red card? Yeah. No-brainer really, isn't it? What? It is. The, uh, Windass the one. The Windass one, yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was at first, but then I saw the other angle and I think it was nailed on red card. I think if you look at the ref's angle on it as well, he, he's left for no choice. I think. Do you think Rafty's made the most of it? He's gone down clutching his face, rolling around. He's been kicked in the chest. He's got his hands over his face like that. Yeah, I think any player would, wouldn't he? Game game management, I would say. Yeah, true. Like, don't, don't, shit housing and stuff like that doesn't bother look how, me. Look how, it? Narrow, look how narrow Rafferty is, by the way, there. Oh, mate. That probably, <laughs> that's probably just about in the right-hand in the right hand side of the pitch where that occurs. If it was Ben Pearson that was at Joe Rafferty's average position yesterday, you'd have no complaint. Yeah, but it just but... shows how, how, lack, how, how little width he gives us. Mm. And, like, I looked at his stats yesterday. So, shock. 25 out of his 26 passes were successful. The majority of them were short. The majority of them were safe. It's just like... Looks after himself. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I say, I know this is going off on a tangent here, but in the final third of a pitch, you want to be taking risks and you want to be taking gambles, especially at nil-nil, to, to try and obviously penetrate and try and create chances for yourself. But he's just so, so safe. It's... So I know he's playing out of position at left-back, but it's just like... He must wrap up, he must wrap up twice. That's the only way I can describe it. He's, he's more central than Paul Huntington. But, he's playing centre defence. Absolutely. A lot of players like that as well. Hunts might even have it. They have decent passing stats because they just pass on responsibility to the nearest man. They play it they safe. Just, they just pass on the responsibility. That's all they do. 
And it really doesn't help you. It really doesn't help you. I know we got a clean sheet yesterday, but Ben Davis is a huge miss. So, yeah, I still think, I'm not sure. I still think Bauer struggled a little bit. Justin. I don't think it was fully fit. Yeah, just still not fully there for me, Bauer. Look, looked a little bit off it, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure he looks a bit heavy or just not fully sharp. But, yeah, I thought DJ was good as well, considering he'd been in Jamaica, whatever it was. Mm. Three, uh, Not Jamaica, Saudi Arabia, was it? Went out to Dubai, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, three days before. So good to get ninety out. Uh, however many minutes he got a swell out of him, can't remember if, if he finished the game or not. But I think he's fully fit now, DJ. Looks yeah, it, doesn't he? It looked like he was he was on it yesterday as well. I think it, it's probably given him a big lift as well, going out to, going out with his international team, making and his scoring. debut, then scoring. Yeah, you know. It's, Would, you're bound to get a bit of a buzz out of that, aren't and, you? and scoring in style as well. It yeah. wasn't like it was a tap in; it was a brilliant goal. Yeah, keeping needs go- to have a, keeping needs to have a word of themselves. Though. I was going to say, well, he, less, he, less said about that the better. He used to score a lot of goals outside the box for us, didn't he? You don't really shoot that much outside the box anymore. But was it? Um, could have, could have Fisher. Was Fisher saying something in the media about him not shooting outside the box or something? Not sure. Not sure. But sure, yeah, well, it would have been a beautiful goal yesterday if that had gone in. Yeah, it's good. It's it's a great interplay, isn't it? it DJ it's, really enjoys it when we play those little little triangles. It, yeah. it just really suits him because he's when you got good footballers on a pitch, you can just play little positional rotations like that. I really enjoyed watching those second half yesterday. Just thought it was decent, and I think Tuesday night will be a very good game as well. Depends what you want from a fo- watching a game of football because some fans just want to see us go all out attack, you know, Leeds United style and try and put seven or eight goals past teams. But football isn't like that in a professional game. You've Sometimes you've just got to manage the situation and manage the game. You won the up at home having not won a game this season at home. You've lost every single game before yesterday. Let's just make sure we get the win. You know, we kept the ball so well yesterday. Can't I think they were they were really good at doing that yesterday. Retaining possession is something we have struggled with. You know, look at the, the game before the international break when we went to Rotherham and we could barely put two passes together. Yeah. Our average pass streak yesterday was six. Yeah. You know, look, against look, two at Rotherham. It, the players on the pitch just make a massive difference. It sounds yeah. daft, but it's that simple, really. Ref yesterday, do you think he's bottled two decisions, the penalty and the second red card? Yeah. I, I think that's the, debate, clearest, that's the clearest penalty I think I've probably seen all season, that. And he was, right, he was what? Five yards away from it as well. It was it on a bad Joe. Uh, yeah, no, it was Palmer. Palmer, that was it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say, on a bad Joe's been turned inside out at Deepdale before. Sinclair absolutely had him. Palmer, absolutely. he knew it was a penalty. Palmer knew it was a penalty. Do you know when a player just knows? Yeah, you can um, tell by the reaction, can't you? He just took both of his legs. I don't know what the ref's seeing there. And then, yeah, I think um, I think it was a red card on Barky as well. Yeah, was it was it Van Aken? Yeah, I think, I think he just it was their centre back Van Aken on Barky, wasn't it? Yeah, he just knocked it past him. He just and cleaned him out. If you give a yellow there, I don't get why it's a yellow because he was the last man. Mm. Unless it's because of the touch that Barky had, so it's not a, it's not denying a goal scoring opportunity because he's it's too far ahead of him. That's the think, only interpretation I can give it. I think because, he would have got there. No, I think it's it's heavy that touch, you know. By the time, time he's landed on floor, it's in the keeper's hands. It's like he has been put up in the air, like. But it's a ball. It's one of them. I think both there. I think Windass is is a red. The more you watch it, at first I thought it's probably in between the yellow and a red. But 
yeah, it's a red. Can't go in that eye. The, the, that's a, the second one's an orange in it. Let's be fair. If you can cross a yellow and a red, it's an orange car. I'd have took it. I'd have taken going down to nine men because they probably deserved to. Yeah. But you know, I think it's it's one of them in it. Should have had a penalty. If Barky, you know, if, if he gets sent off because it's a decent free kick by Galley as well, landing on net. Mm. So you've had that chance, the DJ chance where he puts it just wide second half. So we have had a few chances yesterday. I know our XG Barky had one. one again. <clears throat> Barky trying to square it to Maguire near the end as well. Yeah, yeah, cleared, cleared in, in the six-yard box. So it's not like we've not created chances yesterday. It's just that we haven't been clinical enough to you know, make it the dominant scoreline people expect. Last, last point points. on yesterday then. Uh, I've got two words for you both. Darnell Fisher. Oh, God. If what? he had brains, he would be dangerous, wouldn't he? Let's be honest. What is he doing? He's clearly dangerous already, Jimmy. No. <laughs> He's just like, what's he doing? I can't get my head around it. I, I like, I seen it. I thought, I thought I'd seen him do it watching the game at the corner. I thought, has he just done? Has he just grabbed him? And then when you watch the replay, I he has grabbed him. And then you're thinking, oh god, because it's Darnell and it's us. It's, just, it's like. Can he not stay, like, can he not behave himself for more than a week? I, I know. <laughs> I've seen people on Twitter saying, like, it happens at every corner and stuff. But what Maybe, goes maybe your mind? 35 years ago, yeah. But what goes through your mind to just grab someone's dick? <laughs> it's just weird. It's just, it's, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's an odd one, isn't it? Like, you would never see two women doing that to each other. But no. when it's blokes, people just like normalise it and it's just weird behaviour. I'd expect yeah. it from from rugby players, I'd expect it because they like pissing on each other and stuff. Well, it but, happened in, didn't it happen in rugby recently? Yeah, yeah I think like someone here, I think. 10 a 10-week week yeah. ban. 10-week ban. It's just thick. I'm not sure like what the precedent is for it. I know there's been a couple in Scotland, but what is the actual rule behind grabbing someone's dick? Well, when I looked into it, it's classed as violent conduct. Now, the way it's classed as violent conduct changed about two or three years ago. Let me just get the ruling up, boys. Give me one and second. And I think I've, I've, I've seen people say because Patterson didn't react, then that's fine, but that doesn't validate the initial... How does that make it fine? I mean, it's just inexplicable behaviour, really. And I'm not surprised they've kept quiet about it after the game because, you know, it's been all over social media. I think yeah. someone said it's been on... Uh, Sky Sports News or whatever. The, the less attention you can bring Pe- to it, the better, Pe- isn't it? Yeah, people just people find it quite funny when something like this happens. But yeah, like Jimmy said, if he had a brain, like he could be such a good player for us. I don't know if it's if he's ever going to get a run of ten games. I think that was his fourth game or something. Was it yesterday? Yeah, four yeah. in a row yesterday. And now you know, four games in a row, and then you're looking at a suspension for grabbing someone's cock. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on, Darnell. We back you so much on this podcast because he is one of the best right backs in the league. His performance yesterday was like very, very good. But if he gets a ban, you can't really say anything against it, can uh, you? You can't have any complaints, really. Um, I'm and not you sure would, what you would imagine. Proceeding. It'll come in before Tuesday, so well, it'll get charged tomorrow. I thought, yeah, and then obviously it'll be suspended for it'll be suspended for Tuesday, even if you appeal it. Is is so. on, is the only way I could see him not getting anything is if Patterson puts in like a a statement of some sorts that maybe try like 
know. You'd never do that, though. Is it? No, he's never going to do it. Of course he's not, but... Pulis won't let him. No, exactly. Pulis won't let him. Come on, he's got form with us, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's, fucking, but, he's, but, he's mate Fergie. But any manager in the league would want another team's right-back to be suspended. Of course he would. So, yeah. Especially Wednesday in the position they're in. Yeah, anything anything that they can get to help. Yeah. Competitive advantage, isn't it? That's all it is. What, yeah. How can you get how can you get an advantage over that team? So the the rule is by the way I've got it up now is um, an act directed towards the private parts of a player on the field is now considered an act of brutality and is deemed violent conduct. What? So is that so, three is that three games? So Ryan Christie is probably the most recent example of Celtic player he did it in the old firm um, December last year. Um, he initially got a three-game ban. They appealed it and it went down to two, citing um, a chap called Stephen McLean who played for Hearts. He got a two-game ban two years previous to it for pretty much the same sort of incident. The The only thing that might save Darnell is it, their, their two incidents were more aggressive grabs, mm. whilst Darnell is just playing. <laughs> Why is he playing? Why is he even playing to start with? Oh, my God. <laughs> It's just like, it's so daft. It's so stupid what he's done. He has just two like, tugs. He has two little tugs, though. It's like, oh, just like, I just can't get my head around it. Fucking behave, Darnell. And I've just seen like, someone, I've seen a picture today of um, Callum Patterson when he was at Cardiff celebrating with Marlon Pack. Marlon, Marlon Pack grabbing thing. his bollocks. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like a, a running joke. In like, the game. Patterson. Yeah, because obviously, players hear stuff but it's just just bizarre and you know did did, did you two see in the first half when we had a corner Ledson was talking to Patterson did you ever have you see it uh, um, I vaguely remember seeing you know you know when it zooms in on, on yeah, yeah and I thought at the time Ledson's a bit of a chirpy scout so what's he on about here he was talking to Patterson so I got no idea I don't don't really know I don't know there's just no explaining what's going on there no, and that is one thing I never thought we'd be discussing on, on here is talking about grabbing people's cocks, but there we go. Um, I think yeah. on that note, lads, it's time for a brew break. Time for a lie down. <laughs> All right, I'll see you in part two. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanks Live. Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. Onto matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanx Live is that the news is all free to read and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to Lanx.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we've got some listener questions to answer and then we'll look ahead to the game on Tuesday night against Rovers. First up, fellas, I'll just put this out, open question to you both. Uh, this one's from Nick Marn, who is just at Nick PNE on Twitter, and he asks, what are your thoughts on players getting new deals only to waste away on the bench slash not be in the squad? And what do you think is the cause of the lack of opportunities for these players? 
I'm guessing that's aimed, is that basically aimed at Harapano? I would imagine so, yeah. Is there any yeah. others? <clears throat> Maguire, but you can look at Reese. No, Maguire's, Maguire's part of the squad, part of the team. The Harrow thing is a weird one for me because I'm one of those who does rate him. Neil didn't sign him. Neil's never really given him a run of games. But I think when it's coming to these renewals now, because we had so many out of contract, we need bodies. I was going to say, do you think it was a case of just needing to get some people signed up? I mean, they need, with with the situation, the pandemic, are they really going to turn down offers? You know, Earl, Harrop, they're both in a championship squad. Are they really going to turn down offers to extend? Yeah, I think, Hughes, I think in, in no, from North End's point of view, you've got Johnson, Brown, Pearson, Davis, Fisher out of contract in the next 12 months. Um, and you, you're probably just protecting your assets to an extent there. Um, but we're still, you know, I think Jimmy will know the exact number, but in the next 40 days or something, there's there's a lot of games, isn't there? So, you know, Harrop Har- Har- will come into it. We'll have to see what happens with Fisher. I'm guessing Earl obviously will get his chance as well. So still early days, but we, we do know that Neil, strong preferences for certain players and that'll never change. Yeah, I think it's, it's always going to be tough um, for these lads. Uh, to be fair to Josh Harrop, has he really taken his chance when he's been given the opportunity? You could probably say he hasn't. Um, Josh Earl obviously spent last season out on loan. I think, really I think that's a bit harsh, Jim. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's it, not at all. He's getting ninety minutes though, and then he's he's getting he's not getting three, four, five games to put a run together. You're giving him ninety minutes to perform, and then he's out, and then he's back in for fifteen, and then he's out, and then it's so hard to put. Um, I think it's very hard to put a run of form together when you've got ninety minutes to prove yourself every time. And there was a point where he was scoring goals in that as well last season, in January. I can't remember when. when but... It was January when he got nominated for Player of the Month, and I think he scored four in the six games or something like that. But like this season, I mean, Alex Neil must see something in training for him not to be playing. He must. He must not. Whether it's intensity, whether it's tactical yeah. shape, whether it's is it? Is I, it? I don't know what discipline it is, or whatever. Discipline. It could be anything. But is it yeah. not? Is it not just that he's got Johnson, Brown, Sinclair, Maguire, Potts, who Neil prefers? Possibly. I mean, what did he put together? I mean, he's not really started loads of games for us. I mean, looking through the stats, it's just a bit minging. That's the best way I can describe it. He started last two games of last season, but apart from that, he made one start in six for mm. that. This season, what's he done? He started against Derby in the Cup, started against Brighton in the Cup, started against Birmingham. That's it. And he's made two sub-appearances around that. I don't think he gets... I think with the amount of playing time he gets, I think it's very hard to put a run of form together. But yes. like you say, it, Alex Neil knows his squad better than anyone else. Yeah. He sees them every day. I mean, we we only get to judge them, what, 46, 48 times a year if you include the Cups. You know, because that's what we see. That is that is the product that we see. We don't see what they're doing training. You know, we don't see that side of it. It's like what they work on all week and what they do behind closed doors, we as fans only see for 90 minutes on a, on a Wednesday or a Saturday. That's all we see. And they put in a lot more work than just that 90 minutes. Yeah. So there must be something that equates to Josh Harrop not getting the minutes that we all think he probably get should get. But I, I just don't think he's... When he has been given the opportunity, I don't think he's really taken it with both hands. I, 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 and I know it's really hard to do anything in 90 minutes, especially in the games he's played. But 
they're the opportunities he's going to get because he's got a fairly settled eight, nine players and then two or three, you know, two or three come in for those players, like the interchangeable positions. Yeah, well, we spoke so, earlier on in the first half, didn't we? You know, if Alan Brown's available, then where where does he come into it when you've got Ledson, Pearson, Johnson, Potts is is making a bit of a, a spot for himself. And if you chuck Josh Arup into that as well, he's he's quite far down the pecking order in that list, you would say. Yeah, I said last season, didn't I? I said, like, Josh Arup will probably go to another team and he'll probably play week in, week out. He could probably play bottom end Premier League, potentially or be at least in a squad of the bottom end Premier League, because he has got some great attributes to his game. But I just don't see it. I still don't see it working here, even though he signed this new deal. I just can't. I just, there's just something about it that just doesn't feel like it's going to work. just can't put my finger on it. It might be because he can't tackle. I, I don't know. There's just something. He can't tackle. I, I'll be honest about that. I remember his debut. You don't remember he sent that lad off injured on his debut. Put, he literally tackled him knee eye after about 90 seconds, first game of the season. <laughs> No, Guy went off injured. That. He went off. I forgot who he played. Alex Neil's first game in charge. I mean, he, he tackled him. It was like, bloody hell, he's got away with that. Sheffield Wednesday. Was it Sheffield Wednesday. It was literally first five, it was within first two or three minutes, and the guy went off after five or six because he never recovered. And I thought, you know, when you look at something, you think, that's not great. You know, but he's never been able to tackle. He, it was against Derby. When he's put some old, oh, Huddersfield, it was that Huddersfield game when, when we won earlier last month, like 91st minute, and he's absolutely sized this lad down on the touchline. I'm like, what's he doing? But Alex Neil won't like that because it's indisciplined. Yeah. So I, I know that's Alex, probably. Alex Neil demands discipline. Well, question two then. Uh, this one's from Andy Higginson. I'm not even going to read out his Twitter handle because it's stupidly long, it's got a load of random numbers in it. But if you want to follow him, you can just search Andy Higginson. But he asks, do you think Paul Huntington should be given a run of games now that he has come in and barely put a foot wrong? Also, does he warrant another season and therefore a testimonial? <laughs> Sorry, I can't help but laugh because I've done this on purpose. Ollie? I've seen him ready. <laughs> I'll answer it. I'll answer it for you, Ollie. Oh, mate. Nah, Jimmy, Jimmy's put something in... in uh... I really enjoyed yesterday's second half. Uh, I'm on cloud nine. It's five o'clock on Saturday. I'm, I'm on cloud nine, seeing overloads in wide areas. And then I think a picture of Paul Hunterton gets put in the chat. And <laughs> and then I feel like we've just lost the game because... It, oh, like I know we've kept a clean sheet yesterday against 10 men. Have, have I explained it in the first half there? Yeah. It's the things that people don't see that make it harder harder for you to win games. So I'll, 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 bre- I'll break it down then. Do you think he deserves a run of games? No. And Ahead of Ben Davis? I'm not asking the question. Who's asking the question? Andy. Andy. And I also, when Jim was writing his piece about Hunts, I shared a few stats as well. And our points per game with Hunts is scary. Yeah, it, you... was, it was an interesting group chat to be in that night. It's frightening. It's absolutely frightening. Are, are uh, differential. Do you, do you think he warrants another season and therefore will get a testimonial? No. What What did he... You don't deserve anything in football. You earn stuff in football. Well, we've said it in the past, haven't we? Sentiment is, is one of the worst things in football. He's been an unbelievable servant for us, but you, I'm not giving him an extra 13 games just so he can have a, 
testimonial against Carlisle. <laughs> um, Jimmy, do you want to add anything? Does he deserve a run of games? Again, I, I think he struggles to get in ahead of Davis and Bauer. Um, I think the manager did the right thing yesterday in taking Story out the firing line, personally. You know, Jordan Story's made a lot of mistakes this year so far, as I think we've said quite a few times, you know, in terms yeah. of individual errors. And Hunt's played on the left side yesterday, Pat on the right, which Story was playing on the left for the majority of these games that he's played. Does he deserve an extra year? The way I look at it, can you get a replacement fourth-choice centre-back in at the club for the money that it's going to cost to replace? So then you're looking at probably about five, six grand a week in wages, then a sign-on fee as well if you're recruiting elsewhere, when you could just give them another year. Yeah, get into. I know that sent. I know this isn't about sentiment. This is about just just pure business. A fourth choice centre back that might play eight between eight and ten games a year, because somebody on the way up of their career at twenty two, twenty three isn't going to come to North End as a fourth choice centre back. But with with then if we're advocating well, Jordan that, Story we, did that. But if but it but, comes a fourth choice, no, he came. Well, yeah, Barrow wasn't here, and Hunt's on his way out. But. True. If if we're advocating that, we cannot have a go at the club for a lack of ambition. It's potentially. You, you, it's you just could, it's you, one of them for, you for could business argue, sense. You could argue the same for Joe Rafferty. Can you get better for the value? It's, it's about getting better players. It's not about getting better for the value. It's about getting better mm. players to improve the squad. There, yeah. There's better players out there than Paul Huntington who would come in to our squad. There is. There's better players out there. And I know he's nearly played 300 games. And I know he scored at Wembley and he wears black boots. But... It's 2020 in the championship. You need to get real if you think if you think he's a first choice centre back for a run of games. He's not. I, see, I don't think he's a first choice. I think if if it becomes, but if someone isn't good enough to be your first choice, they shouldn't yeah, be in the squad. It's, just, it's how we it's how we sort of replace it. It's just it's tough. If you have a versatile. If you have a Tom Clark style of centre style of player at twenty six, twenty seven that can play centre back and right back, then th- that's that's fine because then you could be a second choice right back and there can be a third, fourth choice centre half. Because th- I think what we need is versatility. Hunts can play centre half. That's it. Same with Pat. Same with Davis. Same with Story. They can play as centre halves. So the lack of versatility is probably the bigger issue. I think um, that's why Rafty gets in so much then at the minute. I think I think you you can look at. Rafferty, you can look at Fisher, you can look at Hughes. They, they, they can all play more than one position. Hughes can play as a centre half. You know, he's played there for Peterborough. So they, would, they do you, have would, you not, would you not rather sign a left back and move Hughes or Earl inside? Absolutely, I would. I think we've highlighted it many times that it's a weak area of our, our squad. And I think um, if, if we're going to bring in a, another, another defender, I think it does have to be a left footed one because Ben Davis is going to leave the club. Yeah, so I think, and I think what we're going to have to look at longer term. I think someone's messaged me as well about can you, can you talk about who to look for in January and the transfer windows. I think that versatility piece is going to be really key because I look at a lot of the squads in the championship and not a lot of them are actually using all twenty five men in terms of over twenty one players. There's a lot of teams that have only got twenty one, twenty two over twenty ones, and then they're topping up with youth. So you know, I think uh, I think I think you mentioned Swansea. I think they've only got twenty one over twenty ones on the books. Yeah, I think including it was including loans. I think it was in our group chat actually. I think they signed someone on loan, and it was oh, they're sending another player. But they've got less pros than us. Yeah. We carry pe- people who aren't 
making an impact. There's a centre-back at Rochdale who I really like who's left-footed called Hayden Roberts, who's 18. I'd sign, I'd sign, you know, there is players out there. Hayden Roberts looks like a very good player to me, left-footed centre-back. They're out there. You just need to look. Yeah. So I think it's just complacent to stick with what you've got for convenience sake. Probably is. It probably is. But it's like, for me, let's just... I don't think we're going to replace a centre-half in January unless Ben goes. Not in January, but he's out of contract but, in summer. Yeah, so wait and see on that one. Uh, well, question three then. This one's from a friend of the podcast, Angie Morley, who is at Useless45 on Twitter. You're not useless, I'm... Angie. Uh, you are? I said you're not useless, Angie. I'm sure she's not bored of hearing you say that either. Angie asks, if Fisher gets a ban... Who fulfills the fullback roles, assuming that Hughes is still out? That's, that's, a, great, thing, yeah, that's a great question. There's two it's issues, isn't there? We reckon Andrew Hughes could be weeks, so it's not looking good for him. Hamstrings injuries are becoming a bit of a concern with him, by the way. Yeah, so, this is, what, second or third one while he's been here? I, I don't expect to see him before Christmas, probably. I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think as well, just it, this is a similar thing to sort of getting Ben Davis back from injury. There's no time to train now. You go in nah. you go in Saturday, Tuesday, game, Saturday. Game game, isn't it? So I think it'll be harder to get players rushed back into it. See, I think Hughes will be a little while, I think. Yeah. I mean don't get me wrong, like the players that are injured, they, it's gonna be getting them up to speed. They'll be able to get fit because you know they'll be training on the Tuesdays when the team are playing away you know there'll still be guys at the training ground etc it's just getting up to match speed which is always difficult at the best of times yeah, just do it just something that I thought of by the way a reminder we're carrying Louis Malt in the squad and we've not signed another another attacker but that's a bit off tangent but I think um, I think it'll be Rafi left back Brown right back same I don't think they'll Josh Erlin um, Josh Erlin against Harvey Elliott gives me jitters Joe Rafferty against Harvey Elliott gives me jitters, but Josh Early can't def- really defend. I think it's more of an attacking fullback. At least if Rafferty's over there on his right foot, if Harvey Elliott cuts inside, it's taking Rafferty into, Rafferty into a place where he prefers to be. Yeah. But I think it also solves the Ellen Brown conundrum because it's a way of getting him in the team. Yeah. If Darnell was if Darnell's available, then Alex Neal's got a bit of a decision on his hands because he's got four midfielders for three spots. Yeah. So be interesting what happens, but trust the manager. See what see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rovers preview then. Uh before we get into this, we'll hand you over to a Rovers fan, uh Ryan of the Rovers fan website, Rovers Chat. And you can I think they're just at Rovers underscore chat on Twitter. But yeah, here's Ryan with his thoughts on uh Tuesday night's game. Hi there, it's Ryan Hildred from the Rovers Chat website, just giving my preview for the Preston v Blackburn Rovers game on Tuesday night. Uh, my thoughts on the game in general, first and foremost, uh, it's of course a Lancashire derby, always a tough game for Rovers against Preston, uh, and I expect nothing less on Tuesday night. Um, but if we take the derby out of the equation, um, we've spoken about on the Rovers Chat website about how these next 12 games um, before the FA Cup third round is a really critical point in the season for everyone. It's it's a quarter of the season and by the beginning of January I'm expecting that the season um, has really taken shape and for Rovers we drew last time out um, against Luton so we need to turn that into a very good draw by 
following up with a victory against Preston. Um, you know, in these next 12 games, we need to get a good haul of points to to really put playoff ambitions into into true stead. Else, you know, we are in mid-table at the moment. Uh, we need to start getting some wins on the board and, and closing that gap into those playoff spots. Um, so we do need to follow up on Tuesday with a win. Um, in terms of our strengths, um, undoubtedly it's going forward. Um, you know, very high scorers in the league this season. We've got Adam Armstrong, who's the top goal scorer in the division as well. So, um, you know, that's clearly where our strengths are. Um, Armstrong has really taken the mantle from Bradley Dax since his injury. So he's really stepped up. Ben Brereton just looks a, a different player this season, has, has really bulked out physically and is impacting every game that he plays and is the only one that started every game for us as well. So he's become an important player. And then Harvey Elliott, um, you know, who would think he's 17 years old? He's really come in and, and held his own at this level. So um, that front three really picks itself now. And then we've got some good options um, just in and around that with Joe Rothwell in the midfield areas, Lewis Holtby, uh, Sam Gallagher off the bench and, and Tyrese Dolan, who um, we got from the Preston Academy as well. So certainly we've got lots of options going forward and, and that's undoubtedly where our strength lies. In terms of weaknesses, um, there's a couple. Um, defensively, we've been hit hard by injuries this season. Um, all teams have injuries, but for Rovers, it's just who has been injured, you know, not just the number of injuries that we've had. And, you know, we've not really had a settled centre-back pairing. The first-choice keeper, Kaminsky's had an, um, an injury as well. Uh, and then the full-backs have been getting injured. So we've not had that settled defence. Um, and we won't do on Tuesday night either. There'll be a couple who might not play. So that is a concern and, and something that Preston might be able to exploit. Our other weakness um, is when teams sit back and allow us to have possession of the football. We've spoken about it on the Rovers chat site that we do find it hard to break sides down. Um, despite you know our attacking prowess, um, we can be quite unclinical actually and, and not put our chances away. So that might be a tactic that Alex Neal goes for, just to sit back, allow Rovers to have the ball and, and maybe hit us on the counter-attack. So um, yeah, that's that's certainly a weakness as well. In terms of my score prediction, um, I think the lack of crowd in this game might play its part in, in Rovers getting a result here. Um, you know, fair play to the Preston fans for the last few occasions at Deepdale. Uh, you make it really difficult for us, make a really good atmosphere. And, and obviously Rovers have struggled with that. So I do think that the, the lack of crowd might play its part here. And, and I'm predicting Rovers to snatch a 2-1 victory um, to turn that loot and draw into a good draw. Four points from the two away games, two tough away games. So I'm saying 2-1 to Blackburn Rovers. Thank you. Cheers for that, Ryan. Thank you very much. Don't forget you can find Rovers chat on Twitter. They're just at Rovers underscore chat. So what do we reckon, lads? What do you want me to start? <laughs> Either one of you. Can, um, well, we'll, we'll, right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk on their form. Obviously, they've drawn at the weekend against Luton. Uh, their last six, they've won two, drawn two, lost two. Their last eight, they've won two, drawn two, lost four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not they're not in scintillating form that that some Rovers fans would lead you to believe on on social media. Yeah, it's a good job they had to start. They did. I just say on that run of eight eight games. By the way, that's very normal form in it for the championship. I think I really want to get people into starting to understand that you can really win two two and eight in the championship very normal uh, I know Jimmy hates them but I think they've got some good players and I think both teams who like to play a similar way so it'll be yeah. interesting to see 
you know, who attacks the game because we are the home team. I think naturally they are going to be f- fairly open because because of the composition of their team. Uh, it, it's it's you know a couple of good attacking lines against each other. Do you think because of our recent home form and everything else that comes with North End and home games that Alex Neal might sort of try and attack the game a bit more and and put the onus on us being the team that do attack? Do you know what I think? Because Rovers aren't going to come and sit in, are they? No. Why? Th- Why are they not? Because they're starting can... interest. Well, it's because a derby it... game, isn't it? Doesn't no, matter. that doesn't mean anything, Jake. It means fuck all. I, I think because of the may... composition of their team, I don't see how they can sit in a deep block when you've got uh, Armstrong, Brereton, Harvey Elliott, you know, yeah. Holtby bursting from midfield. They don't really have the players who can come in and sit in like that. They're going to miss Brad- Bradley, Bradley Johnson. Johnson's suspended, isn't they? They're going to miss him because obviously if they did want to sit in, then obviously he's someone that's disciplined enough to be able to, at 33, to be able to control that midfield. I, I, I can't call it what they're going to do because you don't come to deep down and attack because that's probably the worst thing you can do. Mm. But I don't think they've got the makeup to be able to come in and sit in, but I think that's what they might try and do because they know how, because they can frustrate us for half an hour because that's what teams have done at Deepdale and that's where teams have punished us. They've got us frustrated, we've made a mistake and we get punished. And they've got the front three in Brereton, Elliot and Armstrong to be able to punish us. It could go that way. I think if he comes in and tries and attacks us, it'll be a really interesting game because it'll make it open, especially if we go with the the four that we think we might. I think we'll go with Johnson, Barky, Sinclair and Reese, like we did on, and, and we've got pace there then. And I think that's, it's not, that's, it makes it a really entertaining game for the neutral and a really open game. But I don't think tactically it'll be a be, be a great game to watch if that becomes the case. I think as well, if you look at their full-backs, you've got Barry Douglas and Rankin Costello who came off and they got Nyambi. You know, three very forward-thinking full-backs there as well. Um, yeah. You know, and they do play a back two or two centre-backs, Lenihan and Wharton have been playing there. Tribal in midfield is, you know, quite lightweight. Um so I, I just I think they'll come and have a go. I think with our with our home form, I think they will just come and have a go. Whether or not that is, you know, you probably say that isn't the right thing to do as an away team. But I think they started they tried to start very quick at Deepdale last season, scored a couple of early goals. I think they'll do the same. And you know, I think it could play into our hands. But yeah, it, like Jimmy, it's very hard to put your finger on what both teams are going to do. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Definitely yeah, I think, is. I mean, they scored after a minute last season, didn't they? Like yeah. 40 seconds, something like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's just a strange team. I just can't put my finger on it. It's just like, when you look at it, and look at statistically, you know, they've scored 22 goals, which is best in the league, I believe. But 11 of 11 of them have come from Bradley Armstrong. The next nearest is three. Bradley Armstrong? Bradley Armstrong, sorry. I'm looking at two different notes here. Adam Armstrong. <laughs> and then you've got Bradley Johnson on three. And it's like 14 goals taken up by two players. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a lot. They've scored So when they've scored all these goals, 11 of them were in the first three games of the season when they put two past Bournemouth on opening day, four past um, Derby, and then five past Wickham. I'm like, it's just, they've scored 11 in the last nine games. So the goals are, sort of, are starting to sort of level off a little bit. Just 
find it really that, strange. Them it's Derby just, and Wickham games are very kind games as well at, at the time that they came. At the time, yeah. Yeah. And Coventry, to be fair as well, they put four past Coventry away. You know, I think Coventry uh, went, went down, down to, to 10, ten men. men. Yeah, Coventry went down to 10 men really early. So you look at that, they've scored 13 out of the 22 goals in games where are a little bit lopsided, to say the least. And they put three past QPR last week. So that's 16 goals in just four games, yeah. which means they've only scored six goals in the other eight. So, yeah, it's we know they're dangerous. We know that attacking-wise, you know, they've got a front three, I think, all three potential would get in our team. I think Armstrong is a great player. Um, but that's what you get for the money they've paid. Yeah. yeah. So... I think they're probably similar to us in, in the way that they probably suit being able to press teams and attack quickly. Yeah. So it can either it's either going to be, you know, one team. I think both teams will try and start very quick. I think the first goal, I know it's a cliche, but, you know, Tuesday night more than ever probably. Uh, but they got a great point yesterday. Um, one of the toughest away games in the league. Um, so, you know, they'll be high. high where, where was that at, mate? Uh, Kenilworth Road, who have only lost four games in 21 since Nathan Jones went there. Decent record, that, to be fair. I'd say that's more than decent. That's promotion form. Um, so they'll come They'll come in high spirits. And it'll be interesting to see how the behind closed doors affects it. Because obviously we've not had one of these games behind closed doors yet. So, yeah. you know, it would have been, would have been a belter under the lights, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been. Do you think the uh, fan noise made a difference yesterday? To be honest... I- I think um, even if it's just noise, it it can't do any harm. I don't think. No. You know, I'd rather have summit there in the background than just an eerie silence. I think I think it was uh, it was uh, one of the two that was on commentary yesterday, and I follow uh, summed it up quite well. I thought they were saying that it, it at least gives you the illusion that there's an atmosphere and that there's something going on other than players and coaching staff sort of shouting at one another. Didn't feel as empty yesterday. No, that sounds yeah. really strange. Just like I, I didn't add the audio on all the game, um, but when I was listening to it, it, just didn't feel as hollow as an atmosphere. Mm. And I think yeah. if they crank if they crank it up a bit on Tuesday night, make it a bit of a, a derby atmosphere, then I think it will help us. Yeah, I've I've not really seen many many derbies behind closed doors. Obviously, the Merseyside derby a few weeks ago was very very different so but it, it will be a good game because of the nature of how the both sides. sides like to play especially with yeah. Ben Pearson back in there probably create a bit of needle by himself yeah do you think uh, do you think the Ballon d'Or winner will get on as well um, notice he's dropped to the bench as well by the way yeah but he's not going to get in in front of them three is he true I think he I think he hit the ground running I think he, he had a good pre-season obviously they hadn't signed Elliot at the start of the year you know, took his chance while he had it, and then nature just takes its course. You know, he's an eighteen-year-old; he's not going to play every game. You might Har- get on. Harvey Elliott, by the way, is like a very, very good player. Like he's seventeen. A, he's a special talent. He's a very good player. Who is that when he made his debut? Is it Fulham? Fulham. He made his debut like fifteen, 15. or something like that. Yeah, Fine, I've seen him. In, I've seen a cup, He's played a couple of cup games for Liverpool, and he looks like a serious talent. I think he's the youngest player to feature in the uh, Carabao Cup, isn't he? In the League Cup, got the record for that. That's some record. It's clearly a talent, isn't he? Yeah. It just seems a bit. The rumour is he's a bit of a dick. 
But I think, I think he's seventeen. Um, he's going to find his way in the world, isn't he? So, who wasn't a dick at seventeen? I was a massive dick. I think we'll. Uh, I think we'll go three. I think we'll go three at the back. Oh, brave call that, mate. With who though? With if Davis is fit, do you mean? Yeah, I think we'll go three at the back. Davis, Baron, Hunts. Hunts is the middle. Yeah, I don't think it'll be comfy going two centre backs against that front three. It's hard to predict. I it's... think if he does, if he does go with four, at least he's got Pearson there to screen. At least he's got Pearson. He's got Pearson. He's there got too. Pearson Leds in there. Yeah. So, but which could potentially work out. Um, but it's just them balls over the top because all three penetrate the last line. We'll have to see what happens. Um, but he started. Then. He started three at the back at home last season against them. I think he'll go with a narrow four, you know. I think he'll go back to what he... he you know, when we use a place narrow four and we're defending, mm-hmm. I think he'll probably do that. It t- completely depends on the right-back situation for me, back prediction, Jake. If we have Daniel Fisher in the team, I think it's a completely different game. Well, I think, Just, I think, we, can, I think we can safely assume that he's not going to be in the team. Assuming it makes asses out of you and me, mate. So, well, I don't think it's... Um, I'll be gobsmacked if he's not... But, oh, I'll be I'll be shocked. But this is football. One about strange things happen. Leicester won the league at five thousand to one. So, yeah. all right. Well, it, two predictions then. Fishes Fishes in the team and starts. What do you what What do you say? Win two nil. Fishes not in the team doesn't start. What do you say? Win four three. <laughs> I didn't expect that. We're, we're winning anyway, mate. It doesn't really matter. Are we? Same two again. One, two one Blackburn Rovers. With or without hey, Fisher. Don't say that. Yeah, don't matter if Fisher plays. If Paul Hunston will play. Um and our record speaks for itself with Paul Hunston, you know, in the team. So yeah, I've go for a, a Blackburn win by the odd goal. I'll go for a two two. With or without Fisher. Yeah, I was gonna say two two, but think, we we're think it'll not... be an end to end. Yeah, we're just not drawing games, are we? Bizarre. We've only drawn one game in the league, I think. Mm. Which was a Norwich game. We ain't losing Tuesday night. I hope we're we not don't, losing mate. Night. We're not losing Tuesday night. Be a really Alex good game. Neal's got, Alex Neal's got a great record in derby games, by the way. Yeah, yeah he does. I, he 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 knows how to motivate a team for a derby game, and he'll pick he'll pick the right team to get the result. I don't think he's he's lost against any of Wigan Rovers or Bolton. Wigan. Wigan. Yeah, Ledson yeah. got sent off. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. The one toward the end of the season, a couple of seasons yeah. ago. Our our season was finished, weren't it? Yeah. I think that's his only defeat, though. Yeah, and then there was the draw. It's um, been the Bol- He's been a Bolton draw. There's been a Blackburn draw away. And I think that's it, isn't it? I think there was a Wigan draw away when Hugo missed the penalty. So overall, a very good record. Well, let's yeah. hope it continues on Tuesday then. Yeah, it will continue. Right, cheers, fellas. Thank you very much. Cheers, lads. Um, and thank you for listening to episode 16 of the From the Finney podcast. Uh, as I mentioned at the start, if you want to make a donation to help support us here at From the Finney, you can do by just going to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're just at From the Finney on all of those platforms. We're nearly at 2,000 followers on Twitter. I think we're like maybe 100 away from it, something like that. And We've actually just gone over a thousand likes on Facebook as well. So I have toyed with the idea of getting rid of the Facebook page in all honesty, but that's 
a topic of conversation for another time. Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Nice one, lads.